Maddie, where have you been? We've been calling you nonstop. Andrew, I don't know what happened. I, I just woke up in bed covered in sweat. We were supposed to meet yesterday, don't you remember? I kind of do. Andrew, it's like my memory is completely gone. Did you leave your house? I thought you were still in quarantine. Andrew, my butt hurts. My butt really hurts. Maddie, hooking up is not allowed in quarantine. Andrew, it's, it's coming back to me now. There was a, a spaceship. Very funny, Maddie. We're not covering aliens for another couple episodes, you know that. There were little gray men. I bet you're gonna say, I was probed next. And I was probed. Jesus Christ. In my butt. Well, I guess we're moving up the aliens episode. Here it goes, folks. Episode 33, Aliens Are Terrifying. Candyman. 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 Be afraid. We have some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out. The box. You opened it. We came. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. I love China. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? I just want them to suffer. I joined Donald Trump on the Republican ticket because I believe he has the right leadership and the right vision to make America great again. In 2017, a majority of Democrats turned into alt-left radical psychos. We'll get back to them later. I will build a great, great wall. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water. They turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? They turn the freaking frogs gay. Two types that I see. One type is about three feet tall, very dark, um, very ugly, not humanoid at all. The others are very, very tall, very uh, lizard-looking, uh, not pleasant. The creatures that I have seen mostly have been the uh, the greys. And when I say tall, I'm not talking six feet. I'm talking very tall, like ten feet tall. Usually about three to four foot tall. Real big almond shape black eyes. The face was uh, oval. The being itself couldn't have been more than three feet tall. It was uh, sitting cross-legged at the top left-hand corner of my bed. Welcome to Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. It's episode 33, and today we're talking all about aliens. My and, name is Andrew. And I'm Maddie. And if you've never been to our show before, this is how it's going to go. We are going to talk about horror in real life in our first segment. We'll talk a little bit about what you've been watching. Then we'll go into some horror movies all about aliens. And then we'll end it with a fun little game. It's going to be a fun episode. Yeah, I was surprised how easy this this one came together as I started Googling. Yeah. So. And, um, you know, my butt's feeling better. Good. Also, which I'm is glad. good. So, you know. And we should say we are fresh back in the studio. Yeah, we might sound a little bit different to you. And, you know, just a little bit about this, right? Because we've, we've taken this whole thing very seriously. Mm -hmm. So today... Um, you know, March 12th is really when quarantine kind of happened for everybody, right? Like a lot of people got sent home from work that was sort of 
what like, like the major date we have been and by that i mean you know me michael and andrew we've all been quarantining of course in our own spaces we haven't been around people we've been working from home all of that stuff right and so today is the first time that we've like you know been around people so it's been 70 something days um it's been wild but what's great is that you know we know that we can trust each other we know that we're following the rules you know very seriously and in this little pod of people we know that we can trust each other mm-hmm. so you know if you have that too in your life um i know that i already feel a little bit better because i also know that i can trust and i i know that their ethics are like mine and that they wouldn't um break that trust yeah. so um it's a good thing for us and i hope that you know you guys can find a little quarantine or a pod of people too yeah, we're going from quarantine to quarantine. That's right, baby. Amen. So, so yeah, so aliens, <laughs> aliens, aliens, aliens. So what's fun about aliens, you know, I was I was walking over with with my friend and I was explaining, you know, space and aliens are sort of two different genres mm-hmm. in horror. Um, and so for aliens, we're talking more about like UFOs, more mm-hmm. about like aliens like visiting the earth, like right. that that kind of thing, right? And when we think about that, there's, you know, Aliens and UFOs are not um, foreign to the um, the American zeitgeist. And, you know, when we look at statistics from Gallup, for example, from last year, this was a poll, um, some really interesting statistics. Two-thirds of Americans say that the government knows more than they are saying on UFOs. One-third think that UFOs are actual sightings of alien spacecraft. Um, it, you know, thinking about, like, regionally, who believes this the most? Mm-hmm. People in the West, so that's, you know, going to think basically not, like, not just, like, the Mississippi, but, like, past Colorado, really, right? So, like, California, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, that, that kind most of Most of the things that I ever hear mostly come out of states like Arizona, yeah. New Mexico, right. like, yeah. those kind of places. Oh, Area 51. Mm-hmm. Go figure, huh? Um, the majority of Americans, 60%, are skeptical, saying that all UFO sightings can be explained by human activity or natural phenomena, while another 7% are unsure. 16% of Americans say they have personally witnessed something. Wait, what was that percent? 16. Oh. I'm one of those 16%. We'll get into that in And a my bit. mom. We'll talk about that soon. Um, uh, they say that they have personally witnessed something they thought was a UFO, while the vast majority, 84%, have not. And even as most Americans are skeptical that aliens have visited Earth, the majority believe that those who spot UFOs are seeing something real, not just imagining it. And this is up 47% from 1996. And you know, I think what we can probably account for that is the um, availability of like smartphones, like being able to like pull something out really quick and like record it really quick. Like before it would be like, oh, crazy Uncle Ted just said that he saw a spaceship one day. But when there's a video, that sort Mm -hmm. of speaks for itself, doesn't it? Um, And separate from possible space landings on Earth, about half of Americans, 49%, think that people somewhat like ourselves exist elsewhere in the universe. Even more, 75% believe that some form of life exists on other planets. Huh. So, you know, that, and like I said, that poll was, was, done, in, in, um, was done last year, right? So th- that's, that's an awful lot of, um, of stats that sort of point to, look, you know, most Americans are, are into this kind of thing. They, they are believers. They, they believe that, you know, it might not necessarily be aliens, but there's something out there that we cannot explain. Or that if it is explainable, we don't know about it because the government is keeping it from us. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. I guess all that being said, like it just sort of points to. I don't think that um, I don't think anyone's crazy in this. 
right? No, 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 no. You know? I, I think, like, the way that my thinking goes on this particular subject is that I feel like it would be um, a little bit... Uh, I don't know what's the word selfish to think that we're the yeah. only people or the only beings in the entire universe. Totally. So I don't know what they look like. I don't know if the, you know, the quote unquote grays or what the people, you know, what these things look like sure. or what it is, but yeah. there's gotta be something, right? Well, and also too, like looking at the, uh, the economic breakdown of who believes what, right? Mm-hmm. Cause Gallup is really good about these spreadsheets. Um, when you look at like who makes what money and mm-hmm. what they believe, it's pretty evenly split. So if you look at like people who make less than $40,000, 37% of them believe that UFOs are alien spacecraft. Huh. If you look at 40,000 to 100,000, it's 34% of those people. Oh, so the more rich it goes down. But, but just a little bit. Yeah. I, I think I'm more trying because if for over 100,000, it's 33%. So it's evenly split among those economic sections, which and is it, kind of interesting to think about that it's not just like a crazy poor Uncle Ted thing. Yeah. It's Oh, everyone kind of believes nearly the same thing. Okay, I get what you're throwing down, yeah. Yeah. Um, What are your personal beliefs, I guess? And maybe you can go into your little, your story that you have. Yeah, sure. So, um, personal belief is that, yes, aliens are visiting the Earth. And that that they've probably been visiting it for for a long time. Um, What they're visiting for, I have no idea. Who knows? Um, You know, I know that like if you fall into like the Stephen Hawking sort of um, sort of uh, thought about it, it's that if aliens are visiting the Earth, the the, the best uh, possible explanation is that they're visiting with uh, with um, with a motive that is not benign. Right. That, okay. they, that they are looking for resources, that they are looking for water, that they are looking for, you know, whatever that we have plentiful on Earth still. And gotcha. so, you know, that is something to think about because that, that puts sort of like the more nefarious view on it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's the other view that, you know, aliens are beyond those needs for resources and that they're just altruistic in general right all of that being said we have absolutely no idea yeah. or obviously. there's the people that fall into the camp of they're like experimenting right on us sure or like and that could be it too so you know I, I do think that we have been visited by other life forms i don't know why i don't know what they look like i've never i've never seen that before i have seen a craft that i could not explain before do 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 and this 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 goes back a long time and i've actually i've talked about it on on the show before but it's sort of an episode where I couldn't bring it up again. I don't know if you talked frankly. about it on our show. I think you talked about it on a guest spot. Did I really? Yeah, I think it was when we were on Believer Skeptic Podcast. Oh, you're absolutely right. So you I don't know if our listeners right. have heard this story Well, yet. you should go back and listen to that episode from Believer Skeptic. Um, well, we haven't talked about them for a while. Um, how are they doing? Are they doing good? They're doing good. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, hi, guys. Good to think about you again. Um, listen to that episode. I remember it being a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, here's the story for you. So it's a long time ago. I was a kid. Um, my mom and I, see, this is, I just shouldn't say this part of the story because then you're like, oh, well, that's why you saw it. <laughs> my mom and I, when, when I was a kid, we loved the X-Files. Like mm-hmm. That was our Friday night thing, right? So every Friday night, we always watched X-Files like in the living room. That's what we did. Um, when the movies came out, we were like freaks about it. Like we just, we loved that together. Um, even when that one show, like the spinoff show came out, oh, I forget what it was called. We even watched that. It was awful. There it was had, a spinoff? It had the snake in a circle. 
I don't remember that. It was the same producers, like same directors, same kind of like thing. But huh. it was, I can't remember. Like, I'll, was it years later or was it? No, it was it was like in that same period. Huh. I'll, I'll think about it. I was a I was a late adopter to X Files. When, when did you come in? Um, when it was complete. Like I went back and like, oh, like I see. Watched it yeah. just because I was a little too young. I think to fair enough get into it. Yeah, fair but, enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think it hit me right at the sweet spot. Sure. Right? Yeah. Because I I wasn't I wasn't too old. <clears throat> That I didn't want to stay home and watch stuff on Friday, right? You know, <laughs> but um, I wasn't too young that I was scared of it. Yeah. You know? So now we're staying home every night. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It would have been a perfect quarantine um, operation, right? Anyways, um, my mom and I were driving around, and I was um, I was in middle school, and uh, we were driving through my hometown, Hobart, Indiana, and um, there was a moment when. Um, well, it, it was it was a beautiful spring night, as I remember. It was really calm. Um, Hobart's a pretty, you know, small place. There's not a lot of people around, but it was very peaceful. There were no other cars around. It was sort of dusky, um, but like the darker side of dusk. And um, that's so poetic, the darker side of dusk. And um, and my mom tells the story like this. She says that she heard she heard me go, wow. And then she looked over at me and I was looking out the passenger side window up in the sky and then she kind of like, you know, put her head under to like look out the windshield. right? Mm-hmm. And then she slammed the brakes and stopped the car. And so then she got out of the car and looked up. And then I did, too. And I, I can still see it in my head above the tree line where we were. And it was not far from my house. Um, it, we saw this long sort of like oval shaped thing in the sky. Huh. It was completely opaque. It didn't have a color. It was just sort of like dark against dark. You know what sure. I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was no sound. No lights? No lights. It was just this dark, gigantic object. Hmm. G- gigantic. Like, I can't gauge for you how big it was, really, because like as a kid, you see things sure. bigger. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's like if you go to Toys R Us, it looks a lot smaller now. Uh, well, well <laughs> now it's not there at all. <laughs> now it's really small because it's, it's gone. Um, but we, I, we saw this thing, and I remember my mom saying... Let's get back in the car and let's drive like over to like Lakeview, um, not Lakeview in Chicago. Um, drive over to Lakeview so we can get in front of it and see if we can see it from from another angle. Oh, so now your mom's a UFO hunter? Yeah, right. Yeah. Basically, like she turned into that. She, she, you know, she was our Cub Scout leader. She, she was handy. She was a that. brave lady. Yeah, right. So we get back in the car and we race over to the, to the other side of town, which was not that far, and we look around and it was gone. Oh. completely gone oh no and so that was our little ufo story and we told other people in the family everyone thought we were crazy yeah including my mom of course and that's the thing about the story though for me is wait your mom said you were crazy no 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 no, no. they thought my mom was crazy. oh okay yeah. i got, got really so, confused for a second so like you know that that's the thing about it is it, it would be different if it was just me saying it sure but my mom saw it too yeah and she has the same story like she we were there together we saw and experienced this thing. Yeah, we don't know what it was. That that is that is true. Um, but my friends, if you dig into the archives of the X Files magazine, Volume Two from 1995, I believe it is, or maybe 96, um, uh, you will find a little editorial from Matt Zorich because they spelled my name wrong. Um, (laughs) But I wrote the X-Files magazine a letter about our experience and they published it. They redacted it quite a bit. Um, So it's this little tiny paragraph. Um, But um, that was my little... (laughs) It was like, I saw a UFO in Indiana. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think it ended like really dramatically. It was like, and you know what the really scary thing is? No one believes us. 
Like I'm, I'm pretty sure that's, that's actually how it ended. Oh, that's Which, hilarious. you know, if you think about it, that was sort of the beginning of my podcasting career all the way back then. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was just really preparing my voice as a child for what you're hearing today, dear listeners. Um, oh, so poetic. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Um, anyways, so that that's my little story about the thing that I experienced. And um, what's interesting about going from way back then to now, right, is that the quarantine has sort of made everyone forget about a big news story that happened this year. And the big news story is that the government <laughs> basically confirmed the existence of UFOs. And it happened because there were Navy pilots that saw a number of unidentified flying objects, UFOs, between 2013 and 2019. It's all on video. Some of these videos got leaked out a couple years ago, so you probably saw them. It's um, And it's not, like, super clear. Like, it's... um. If you've seen them, you know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, like, think about when pilots, like fighter pilots, release videos from like the plane. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like on the radar. It's like on the green screen. Yeah. Like thing. But but even it's clearer than that, but it's kind of like that. Right? Okay. So, so like not the highest quality, yeah, but yeah. video. And so there are these videos of these pilots, you know, doing stuff in fighter planes, probably in like the Middle East or whatever. I can't remember exactly where they saw them. Um, but chasing after these ufos oh my gosh and you see these objects they're they're very strangely shaped they don't look like a saucer they don't look like really anything that we we've seen before and you see these these ufos doing like maneuvers that are wild and and you hear the pilots like going like oh my god what the fuck is it doing like (laughs) and like there's the there's this one pilot who um is trying to like lock it in so they so that like the camera can follow it. Yeah. Like I kind of like a like a missile locking on yeah, you know yeah. what I mean like uh-huh. that kind of thing. And the the one video I can really hear in my head is when he finally gets it to lock on to the UFO and everyone's like yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> but then like he follows it and they are it, their voices are are so clear. Like, it, these are all experienced pilots who are flying planes that cost like not like a couple million dollars planes that cost like tens of millions of dollars sure so these are people who are not really allowed to be insane and they're not allowed <laughs> to be like drunk when they go up and they're not allowed to be anything but like the top of their yeah. game because if they crash that motherfucker it's a big deal right so i mean they're seeing these things and they're talking about it right on the video about they have no idea what this is they've never seen anything go that fast before huh. they've never seen anything maneuver like that and go at like angles like that so you know i encourage you if you haven't looked at these videos yet find them and you know look look at the reputable pieces that are that are talking about it. i mean the new york times article alone that the new york times is is reporting on this is it's pretty incredible and it stretches back even further than that you know i happen to work with um the niece of gene cernan who was the last man on the moon oh okay and um gene cernan you, you can listen to his his recordings when he was on the moon um talking through his helmet right mm-hmm. and there were a lot of things that gene said when he came back to earth after his his turn up there and he said that they saw a lot of stuff flying around that they could not explain. Huh. He said that that when he was on the moon, he heard music. He heard music. And if you listen to his, to his last recording when he was on the moon, you can hear him talking to the guys in the shuttle, mm-hmm. or, or not the shuttle, but whatever they were flying at, I don't know. Um, the thing, Space station. The thing, the thing, the thing that they were in, the can. Um, and he says, do you guys hear that? Do you hear that, that music? Like he heard literal music huh. on the moon. Isn't that just fucking insane? 
there's just all these things that we don't know. Um, and you know, whether it's aliens or not, I don't know, but I'll tell you this though, if our air force didn't know what those things were flying around, then we don't know what those things were flying yeah. around. Period. That's pretty terrifying. <laughs> it's, it's terrifying. So maybe they were aliens. Maybe they weren't. All I know is that there is stuff that we cannot explain right now and it's flying all around us and we're none the wiser yeah. right now. Huh. Interesting. So that's my bit. Well, shouldn't I, would you like to hear about the first reported alien abduction that was like written about? Did they get probed? No, actually. Okay, can you add that in just for fun? <laughs> I, I will say, um, I'm going to read this how the author wrote it. Okay. Because just you'll, you'll understand in a Wait, second. And, and what, what year was this? <clears throat> 1957. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is the first, I, I shouldn't say this is the first reported, but it's the first um, like reported on. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure, okay. sure, sure. So this is Antonio Via Boas. Uh, 23-year-old Brazilian farmer. Oh my God, he was probably hot. You know that he was. Well, listen to this first sentence. <laughs> On October 16th, 1957, he was plowing fields near San... <laughs> São Francisco de Salas when he saw what is described as a red star in the night sky. Um, the craft began descending to the land in the field, extending three legs as it did so. At that point, Boaz decided to run from the scene. Um, according to him, he first attempted to leave the scene on tractor, <laughs> which you can imagine is probably pretty slow. Ah, I got to go. <laughs> but when the, when his lights and engine died after traveling only a short distance, uh, he decided to continue on foot. Um, however, he was seized by a one uh, 1.5 meter, so five foot tall humanoid who was wearing gray coveralls and a helmet. So he's wearing a farmer's outfit with a helmet. Wow. Um uh, sorry, I lost my spot. I mean, safety, right? <laughs> it's all about safety, really. Um, its eyes were small and blue, and instead of speech, it made noises like barks or yelps. So think of the aliens from Mars Attacks. I guess I'm always hopeful that when aliens do come here, they don't even make a sound. They just like telepathically communicate yeah, with you. Yeah, you know that would be mean? my hope, too. Like, mine would be like, I want to suck your dick. Oh, jeez. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> okay. No, but no, they would be, no, they would be Sukadik. Yes. <laughs> the aliens are all members of Sukadik. Yeah. That's that's what actually the the club is all about. Um, but then three small smaller beings um, dragged him inside their craft. Uh, once inside the craft, he was stripped of his clothes and covered from head to toe in a strange gel. Um, he was then led into another room. Now that a, sounds interesting. What does that remind you of? We'll talk about that yeah, later. Right. Um, through a doorway that had strange red symbols written on it. He said that he was able to memorize these and he then later reproduced them for investigators. Uh, he took, the beings took samples of Boaz's blood from his chin, which is odd. Why the chin? I don't, there's more about the chin later. I don't know. You know, I have a, I have a cousin we call chin. That's a whole other story I'll tell you <laughs> later. Um, after he was taken to a third room and left alone for about a half an hour, um, he had gas pumped into his room that made him violently ill. Um, shortly after, this is where it gets a little sexy, if you will. Oh, my. Um, Boaz claimed that he was joined the room by another humanoid. This one, however, was a female and very attractive and naked. Um, she was the same height as the other beings he had encountered, with a small pointed chin and large blue cat-like eyes. The hair on her head was platinum blonde, <laughs> but the hair under her arm was red. <laughs> Um, then the two, uh, sounds, had, like a, sounds like a fever dream, Antonio. Yeah, <laughs> He's working in the field, but I should say he was working in the field at night. So, cause it was cooler. He's a hard worker. Um, the two had sex. They, they did it. 
um, because he was very attracted to her. Um, During this act, uh, the female did not kiss him, but instead nipped him on the chin. Man, they're they're really into fucking chins. They're really into chins. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know what it is about the chin. And do you think he had like a butt chin or like a normal chin? I I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Um, All I know is is that, look, if if I get abducted and I have to go have like sex that I don't want to have, I'm going to be pissed off about that shit. (laughs) Well, he wanted to have. Well, that, that's what I so. mean. It's like you know, good for him, but like they better read in my mind he is a gay. <laughs> Give him um, one of our men. When it was all over, the female smiled at him, rubbing her belly and gestured upward. Shut the fuck up. Um, which he took to mean that she was pregnant and was going to raise their child in space. Um, <laughs> that's fast. <laughs> Uh, he said that he was given back his clothing and he take, was taken on a tour of the ship by the humanoids. Um, during this tour, he said that he attempted to take a clock-like device as proof, um, but was caught by the humanoids and preventing from doing so. He was then escorted off the ship and watched it take off, glowing brightly. They just wanted his sperm. Um, and for all intents and purposes, this is a true story because they haven't been able to prove him wrong. So, I mean, basically the other explanation for aliens is that they're looking at Earth as a sperm bank. Huh. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, look, we're giving it away for free right now. You know, I mean, fuck. So, at, least, at least pay me. Speaking of uh, gays and aliens, yeah. do you think there are gay aliens, Maddie? It, well, I, I mean, I just basically expressed that my hope that there are. Well, Mike Pence seems to think so. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm not even joking. You. Shut up. Wait, is this real this or is, like, this is, this is like no, a thing? I took this from the New Yorker magazine. Show, tell, well, don't show me. Tell me. Show me later, but tell me now. <laughs> so, making a major announcement at the Pentagon on Thursday, Vice President Mike Pence said that the proposed United States Space Force was necessary to defend from U.S. from, from defend the U.S. from gay aliens. <laughs> Quote, quote, I stand before you today to say that our country is under attack from outer space gaze, Pence told the military gathering. Only Space Force can protect us from their unimaginable evil. Pence detailed the nightmare scenario in which... Is this a joke? It's not. I pulled it from the New York up. (laughs) Pence detailed the nightmare scenario in which gay aliens by the thousands land in the U.S. in seemingly cute spacecrafts and subvert life in America as we know it. Quote, let's say, for example, that these gay aliens can assume human form, he said. What's to stop them from infiltrating normal bakeries and and baking cakes for gay weddings? Oh, wow. I'll tell you what's to stop them, he said, pausing for dramatic effect. Space Force. Jesus Christ. (laughs) At the White House, CNN's Jim Acosta asked the press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, how exactly Pence had developed his theory about the existence of gay aliens. (laughs) Quote, no one is more qualified to talk about life on other planets than Mike Pence. Sanders snapped. Well, there you go. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here. Uh, Mike Pence, the person that we person that we hope uh, falls off a bridge someday um that's a lot i i'm not even joking when i read this and i looked at it and i was like this has got to be like a what the onion or something and it was the new yorker (laughs) wow and there was multiple like uh stories about this so jesus christ wow i don't know how this has not gotten more attention but um just thought it was hilarious yeah yeah wait i'm gonna pause here we'll edit this out so that actually is like their onion Oh. The Borowitz Report. Oh. Yeah. 
which we can say right now or we can just leave it. It's yeah, we can say it. All right, leave, leave it as it is. Leave, leave it as it is. And then later on, we'll come back and say like, here it is. We'll, fi- we'll find a way to do it online. Okay. It'll, be, it'll be funny. But that, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> okay, we're back. Um, you know, I hope that Mike Pence is abducted. And actually, I hope that he is abducted by gay aliens. Yeah. And I hope that he is subjected to whatever they want to do to him. That's what I hope. I agree. Because I think that he deserves it. Um, Trump, I don't want to necessarily be abducted by aliens as much as I want them to use the death ray or whatever they have. I just imagine him. The The laser. um, the aliens from Mars attacks, how they go like in front of Congress or what? I forget what they go in front of in front of that movie. Congress. Is it Congress? It? I think it's Congress. Um, or the Senate or whatever. Yeah. And they just kill everybody. Good. I mean, well, let's, I mean, let's talk about it. Like, you know, things have been fucking nuts, especially during this motherfucker. So like, maybe we just need, you know, to hit the erase button or the reset, the reset button. You know what I'm trying to say here? <laughs> oh, I just figured it out. What? The, it's the New Yorker's onion. Oh, the, the yeah. Okay, I understand now. Anyway, let's just pretend it's real. I, you know what? Well, let's not even pretend. Let's just hope that it's real. Yeah. <laughs> let's just in our, in our heads, we're going to hope that that is real. So, quite frankly, I guess fake news, but funny news. Yeah, but good fake news. Yeah. <laughs> the fake news. The fake news that we want. Let me tell you another thing that I came across in my research yeah. is um, in researching gay alien abductions because I was just wondering if they were like, yeah, when did you? <laughs> How did that pop into your head? <laughs> because I just wanted to know if there were like any gay people that were like, oh, fair enough. Like, have they yeah, been abducted? No, fair enough. Like, I like that. Um, I couldn't find any stories, but I you were looking for porn. But I did come across a strange um, subsection of erotica that I would like to talk to you about. Did you read any of it? Um, no, <laughs> but I read the the synopsis. Maybe I will. Um, so there's a strange cross section of erotic fiction all about gay alien abductions. Wow. Let me just read to you about Experiment 753, now mm. available for your Kindle. Delicious. Starship Captain Nick Valdez wakes up in a strange cell. Even worse, the only one in there with him is his ex-boyfriend. Oh my God, get me out of there right away. Get me out of there. <laughs> the ex-boyfriend, the alien pirate, Detelli. No, Detel. Detel. <laughs> oh good, an alien pirate. <laughs> um, who betrayed him and broke his heart. The two of them are just about ready to punch at each other's lights out, but their captors have different ideas. A strange mist is pumped into the cell and makes both men so horny that they can't that they have no control over themselves. They're going to have sex for their captor's pleasure, so, whether they want to or not. Yeah, so basically the vapor is just poppers. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> a, it's an endless stream of poppers, which let's face it, sounds kind of fun. Like that's not a terrible thing. And the other one I found, which was my my favorite title, was his first time seated by the gay alien too. So there was a part one. <laughs> yes. Okay. Here's the synopsis. Pregnant with an alien spawn, private I'm sorry, private Craig Powers spends hot and horny nights alone in his bear horny nights hot and alone. Pregnant with alien spawn. <laughs> in his barracks. His body's hormones are in overdrive and he finds his own urges are insatiable. He will often spend his time alone. Whoa, his alone time fantasizing about the shape shifting green alien Vipex. Once in once it is time, I'm sorry, I'm trying to take this seriously. I know it's it's difficult. 
Once it is time for the alien children to be born, Vipex and Craig, wait, Vipex takes Craig to his mothership. On board, Craig awakes to find himself no longer pregnant, and two aliens are ready to try and seed him again. So he's saying that his alien children are the ones that are about to fuck him? I don't. I took it as there were two more aliens. Now that he's not pregnant, he's like the um, hmm. he's like the carrier. You know, I have very specific tastes, <laughs> and um, aliens are not one of them. Well, I mean, I, I, that's things that we don't know, right? I mean, like maybe they could be. I don't know. You know, it's like you know, everyone everyone presupposes that Custer died at the Battle of Little Bighorn. What this book presupposes is maybe he didn't. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those kind of things, like. I don't know. Maybe maybe there could be some hot fucking aliens. I don't know. I don't know what an alien dick looks like. Sure. I don't know. And I don't know what an alien like butthole looks like. I might <laughs> like it. I might enjoy it. And they might also have like some like special gel or like special like inside how we're really getting into it now. I'm really glad that you're digging this hole and I'm not. Well, I'm yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> Wow, here we go. Um, you know, I, I like these episodes when we do this because they're really fun. and <laughs> A lot less serious. I know. Yeah, it's, it's kind of fun. Um, those were really good. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to read those. They're, they're very cheap on Amazon. So I'm going to get them. Get them for your Kindle pleasure. And, you know, also, I, if I can just tell you a little anecdote, um, there's a, a woman that I went to college with. I won't say her name, um, but I lived with her ex-boyfriend in Chicago for a bit. And she just wrote a book that's on Amazon right now. You can get on your Kindle for like, I don't know, fucking 50 cents or some shit. So it, it's a book all about her exes, right? Oh. And, and this person that I lived with, his name is Brendan. Well, I'll just say it. You know, there's three chapters about him. Cause he, oh, I mean, I love Brendan, but he was a real son of a bitch. So in this book, she changes everyone's name. You know the one name she doesn't change? His. Maddie. Oh. Right here. I'm the one name in that book that has not been changed. And you know what? I'm glad for it because you can't change my name, motherfucker. <laughs> like, you got to keep my name right there, bitch. So I think that – did you have anything else you wanted to talk about with aliens? No, I think it's all going to come out in the next segments. Yeah. So we will take our first break and we will come back with what you've been watching, bitch. Oh, what you've been watching, bitch. Spoiler alert. It's everything. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And welcome back, folks. We're back with everyone's favorite segment. It's what you been watching, bitch. What you been watching, bitch? Oh, that was good, Andrew. I like when you did. When you, I like what you did there with that one. Um, Thanks. <laughs> um, this is the segment, of course, where we talk about what you been watching, bitch. And first up is going to be Andrew with what he's been watching. So tell us, bitch, what have you been watching? Well, considering we've been pretty much watching everything, I had to con yeah, condense my list down a bit. Yeah. So I'm only going to talk about the ones. Yeah, that I, I think this is the first episode where this has not been a challenge yeah. ever. <laughs> Like, um, actually, I have many things. Yes. Uh, so the first thing that I want to talk about is the second season. And I don't think I ever talked about the first season, but the I don't second think season yeah. of um, What We Do in the Shadows. And the new iteration of it. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's the TV adaption. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I will say, if you are not watching, it's on FX. Yeah. Um, very easily accessible either through Hulu or your internet or yeah. your cable TV package. provider. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this if you're not watching this show you are missing it's it's really good you know my my brother is a big fan and he reminded me hi michael he reminded me um 
that that it was that it was on. I actually I kind of forgot about it to be yeah. honest. And so I started. I, I'm catching up now. It's very very good. Are it's you, so funny. Are you to the doll yet? No, not yet. Oh, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Le- leave it. Leave it. I know. Leave it. I'm not gonna tell you any details. It's just like me and Michael's favorite part of the show yeah, now. Yeah. But um, this show is comedic genius. Oh, they're they're so brilliant. I mean, the guys that are doing because it, it's the it is the same guys that were doing um flight of the concords right like 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 in the beginning it's like the same kind of like producers from new zealand so yeah yeah it's the producer it's uh i cannot pronounce his name right now Either it's the I. guy who just did jojo rabbit oh taika waititi yeah. yeah he is the executive producer uh, he's the original okay. creator of or co-creator of you know speaking of that i still have not seen jojo rabbit i'm gonna watch that this weekend yeah i want to watch it i too. really want i think it's gonna be really emotional even though it's a comedic hitler um but this show is just huh hilarious yeah yeah I, I can't wait to in fact i hopefully i can finish that this week because i need to zoom the fuck and it. there is a a standout episode in uh in season one where you get a council of vampires and i'm not gonna spoil for you who's on this council of vampires but let's just say it's the who's who of vampires it's, and entertainment it's just so stupid it's, it's, it's so amazing. dumb my god but definitely tune into what we do in the shadows it is comedic genius fuck yeah it's so good awesome my first choice is the last dance which you can watch on espn or on you know whatever your tv provider is um the last dance is the documentary series about the the final season of the chicago bulls with michael jordan dennis rodman scotty pippen and phil jackson um steve kerr amongst you know many other famous players um i grew up right by chicago as a kid so like this particular documentary series really brought me back to childhood sure and i want to tell you what i did not expect to cry as much as i did but (laughs) it is a very emotional 10 episode series it's incredible um michael jordan is forever the best player in basketball period and it was really amazing to to dig as an adult now to dig in and learn about his entire story to learn about his singular focus and how he thinks about winning and how he thinks about like, like making a team work. Sure. Um, to learn more about Phil Jackson as a coach and like, honestly, it's just it's incredible. Um, it's really emotional. Like, like I said, I think it was so emotional, really, because it brought me back to childhood, mm-hmm. and it just reminded me of of you know like when the first three peat happened and like going to Chicago and being at that rally and like, you know, everyone being so excited and like you know remembering my dad watching those games like. If you if you are into basketball at all, and I'm, I'm way more into college basketball, I'm not super into pro sports, but um, I love my Chicago teams, and so it was just it was a joy to watch and and super emotional, well so well done, um, and just incredible little bits of history. I, I really recommend it, even if you're not into basketball. I watched this in the background, so yeah. I my home office. <laughs> however you want to call that your home is um in the dining room and the tv's in the other room so i kind of like loosely watched it when michael was watching it um but my favorite bit in the whole thing is i don't know if you know what these are called but the the lower thirds so like when they introduce somebody and it says like their name and then like a descriptor oh barack obama yeah yeah former chicago resident yeah Yeah. and and honestly i thought it was perfect 
I thought that was a perfect way to describe him. I just thought it was funny because when because when he was when that was going on, that's what he was. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, I mean, you know, back then he was just the organizer in Chicago. There were you know? a couple other ones too that were kind of funny, but yeah, I, I didn't. It was just one of those things I started paying attention to, and I was like, Why? one one person I'm I'm surprised that they didn't get was Bill Daly. I'm surprised that they didn't. I don't know who that is. Uh, our our old mayor, oh, okay. Dick, Dick Daly, I should oh, say, okay. Dick Daly, not not Bill Daly. I'm surprised that they didn't get Dick Daly to come on because he, that was just his team. You know? I, I think the one person I was really surprised to see was, um, God, what's her face? Dennis Rodman's old girlfriend. Oh, Carmen Electra. Carmen Electra. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? She, man, she had the fucking goods on that shit. Too. I know, Jesus right? Christ. What's your, right. what's your next one? My next one is a catch-up from 2019, uh, Zombieland Double Tap. Uh, so this is the sequel to the Zombieland, the original. Uh, I'm not sure why they didn't call it Zombieland 2, yeah. Double Tap, but that's fine. Um, it's, but um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, if you liked Zombieland, you're going to like this one. And they... they uh, get a couple of new characters that are pretty funny particularly kind of like this ditzy character that's hilarious it's a ditz um but it, it was a fun time i can't say that it's like the best movie in the world or it's gonna like change your life but yeah, if, sure. if you liked zombie land and you want to catch up with these characters where they're at now it's a perfect little hop sequel. on board for yeah. double tap um my next is butcher baker nightmare maker and this is a film that andrew and i actually both watched because we were just guests on um on horror queers. queers with Joe and Trace, we had a great time with them. Lovely guys. Uh, we had a great conversation too. Um, this is a slasher from '81. Um, this was our first view for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there is a free version you can watch on YouTube. It's very grainy because it is clearly from a VHS. It's been played a lot of times, um, but it is highly, highly worth it. It, it. On the outset, I think it seems like sort of just like a crappy B B movie. Yeah. Um, but you know, the conversation that we had, which you know, by the time this episode comes out, that might not be out on. No, Horror it'll be Queers. a couple weeks. It'll um, be out the third week of June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, l- listen to that when it comes out for sure. But because we really did have a lovely time with them. Um, but uh, it's a great film, especially if you are interested in the LGBT connections to horror, because there are so many in this movie. Yeah, add it to your Pride watch list. Yeah, it is. It's it's way more complex than it than it appears to be. Um, so I'll leave it at that. But it was a great movie. I'm glad we had the chance to watch it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if you want to hear more of our thoughts, just listen to the horror episode. queers. <laughs> um, the third one, I should say, was a. Um, Oh God, I'm blanking on the name of this. It was somebody sent it to us. Screener. It was yeah, a, screener. a screener. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So thank you, Universal, for introducing me to Universal, our new uh, sponsor. We're being sponsored by Universal now. Well, they did send us a screener. <laughs> so step one. I mean, next step: free tickets to Universal Studios <laughs> when it reopens. Kind of not joking. Um, so this is Brahms, The Boy Two, which I believe came out earlier in 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, Brahms, The Boy Two, is a- obviously a sequel to The Boy with Lauren. Not remembering her name right now <laughs> from, uh, from the zombie show lauren smith this is what this is what quarantine does to your brain it yeah. kind of just like scrambles this is your brain up. this is your brain on drugs <laughs> yes. that kind of thing um and um this is the sequel to the boy uh brahms and this one it's um it's I, I liked it i liked it it's a little more supernatural whereas okay. i think the in the first one the payoff was a little more um natural it wasn't as supernatural um <laughs> a little a little less super yeah but um i mean i had a fun time watching it it's it's not gonna be something i'm gonna like rush back to yeah, sure, over sure. and over again but 
Um, I'll probably give Maddie the screener to watch after today and probably say, you know, you can just keep it. Was it a Blu-ray? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, you know, I got got that Blu-ray player now. Yeah. Only after 10 years. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Which, speaking of Blu-rays, my next choice is uh, Best in Show. Rest oh. in peace, Fred Willard, who yeah, died last sad. week. Um, I ordered the because I, d- I didn't have them. Um, my mom had the DVDs. And I, I didn't take them. Um, so I ordered the Blu-rays for uh, Waiting for Guffman and for Best in Show. And I have the DVD for A Mighty Wind. Um, and then I kind of stopped there, really, in the Christopher Guest movies. We can talk more about that later. But Best in Show is one of his best, mm-hmm. by far. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, is the announcer uh, at the at the dog show, at the, the, May, the Mayflower Kennel Club dog show in Philadelphia. Um, watching Best in Show is never, it never gets old for me. Yeah. It, um, it's always just fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it was yet again. The comedy just lasts. It, it lasts. It's so good. Christopher Guest and, and everyone in that retinue, Catherine O'Hara, Eugene Levy, you know, Parker Posey, everybody, just incredible people. And of course, Fred Willard was just a king of, of that style of comedy. Yeah. And um, really sad that he died. Had no idea that he was 86 years old. I did not think he was he that old. He never seemed that old to me. Um, and so, you know, it was it was fun to watch again. Uh, my my copy of Guffman comes in on Monday. Oh, so fun. I'm looking forward to seeing that on Blu-ray, too, because that's, that's an older film. But, yeah, best in show. That was my third. All right. My last one, and then we'll talk about our Patreon pick. Oh, I've got, I've got another one, too. Oh, okay. Uh, my last one is Penny Dreadful, City of Angels, which yeah. is the new season of penny dreadful sure kind of it's kind of just like like we said earlier but they press the reset button yeah, on sure. penny dreadful good for them um this one is a lot different uh whereas the first three seasons of the original penny dreadful were about kind of your um classic monsters yeah, like frankenstein sure, sure. and dracula yeah. and all this this is more um centered in the hispanic culture oh really um and all of the like gods and angels from hispanic culture hmm. Um, it's got the woman from, um, Game of Thrones in it. The one that was in the forest. I don't, I'm not really that familiar because I didn't watch the Game of Thrones. The one in the forest. <laughs> she was in the movie, The Forest. Oh, oh, the movie, The Forest. Uh, she got blown, she got blew up in the Coliseum with the green stuff in Game of oh, Thrones. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of her name right yeah. now, though. But yeah. she's kind of like the, the quote unquote star. She was one of, she was one of the Tyrells. So she is kind of playing multiple characters hmm. in the, in the scene. I can see her in Penny Dreadful. That makes um, sense to me. I, I, I'm, I'm liking the show better and better every episode. Yeah. I will say after the first two episodes, I almost gave, I almost gave up. Yeah. Cause it was just a little too slow for me. Sure. Um, but now that it's starting to like, find its legs a little bit because in the first two episodes you're introduced to so many storylines yeah, you're sure, introduced sure. to like um a, uh, a cop in the early 1930s that's the first hispanic cop on the lapd um you're introduced to nazis in in L- <laughs> you're introduced into um this uh mayor this guy who wants to become mayor that and sounds he's overwhelming it's it's just a lot but yeah. now that it's starting to find its foot a little bit i'm yeah, more sure. and more interested and now that they're starting to weave in more of the supernatural because in the first couple episodes there's not a lot of like supernatural stuff it's all just kind of like cop abuse against the yeah, hispanic community in la in the 1930s sure um so now that they're starting to do more of that i'm starting to get more and more interested so if people are planning on watching this Give it a couple episodes to breathe, okay. and then I think you might find some some good stuff in there. Okay. What's your fourth? My final is uh, The Great on Hulu. The Great. It oh, is, I thought this was advertised. Oh, it is just fantastic. And if you liked The Favorite, and I've talked about this before, if you liked The Favorite even a little bit, you're going to love The Great. It's essentially like kind of the same thing, mm-hmm. but with Catherine the Great now. 
um, and and Peter Peter the Great, um, who she ousted in history, and it's an amazing story because it is the story of Catherine the Great who uh, planned a coup against her own husband in Russia and then took over the country as empress. Hmm. And so it's it, the, the great is, of course, about that. But it is in the style of the favorite. And it is fucking hilarious. Huh. It's really, really funny. Elle Fanning is just so good, man. She is She's such a delight in this movie. Um, Nicholas Holt is awesome. He's so good. And also, I, I absolutely adore Nicholas Holt, as you might imagine. <laughs> Um, he's English and just lanky and, and cute. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's a great show. It's really, really funny. I'm about halfway through right now. It's on Hulu. Highly recommend it. Um, did Hulu release it all at once or is it it, it week to week? Thank God it's all on there. Yes. I don't think anybody can really do week to week right now. No, during, during quarantine, you just got to put the whole thing out there. Um, and finally our Patreon pick this month, this week, this bi-weekly podcast whatever, whatever yeah. um is chillerama and chillerama chillerama nominated by britney bosher thank you britney for being a patreon patron and congratulations to britney she just bought her uh, bought her first house you bought your first house so cool so we're coming to visit <laughs> when we can <laughs> if we're serious though please have us bye um but chillerama it is currently streaming on amazon prime for free if you have a, an amazon account um this is an anthology movie that kind of follows in the face of a drive-in that is their last night. They're closing up shop. They're going to be demolished the next day, mm. like sold. And so they're showing kind of like a, a, a they call it Chillerama. And it's like kind of like what the music box does in the fall. Hey, everybody, come on in for Chillerama. It'll be horror movies all night long. Exactly. Um, so you kind of watch along with these cast of characters as they watch the most ridiculous um, <laughs> movies. Uh, they're the first one is called Wadzilla, and it is literally what? a giant sperm that it turns into like a Godzilla type. Oh my creature. god, that's amazing! Though <laughs> I want to watch Wadzilla. And then um, I just want to talk about the second one because it is a. Um, I was a teenage bear wolf. Oh my god! And it is about gay werewolves, but when they turn into werewolves, they turn into like leather bears. So this is a big gay movie then. Um, and it's starring one of your. Favorite porn stars. Who? Brent Corrigan. <gasps> Brent Corrigan's in it? Yes. Oh, I can't wait to watch this. <laughs> so it's a really fun watch. Definitely don't oh. go into it thinking you're getting something Remember serious. Remember Brent Corrigan? I do, yeah. You, the only thing bad about Brent Corrigan is he never did enough facials. That just wasn't oh, really in his contract. <laughs> did I say that out loud, Mom? I'm sorry. Sorry, Mom. But I just thought that was... When he showed up, I was like, oh, I got to tell Maddie about this movie. Oh, no, no. Brittany, thank you for bringing this to my attention because um, I'm definitely going to watch that now. But yeah, Chillerama. Check it out. It's it's completely ridiculous. Brittany so. chose that film for us because she's one of our Patreon patrons. And you, too, can be a Patreon patron for as little as $1 a month. That is $12 a year. That is... I don't know how much per day, but it's very, very little. <laughs> All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash frygay13. That's frygay13. And you can donate at as little as $1 a month. All of the funds that you donate to us through our Patreon do not go to anything else except making the show better. Mm -hmm. That's it. We never put any content behind a paywall. And we're very proud that we do that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that's it. That's it. Just for this segment, though. <laughs> yes. We're going to come back in a moment because we're taking a tiny break. I'm going to get another beer. And then we're going to launch straight into our first film in our horror and movies, Fire in the Sky. It burns. Fire. 
does it think? What makes it move? Why does it breathe? Questions anyone would ask about a man if they'd never seen one before. So for five days, a man was borrowed. five other witnesses told was so unbelievable, so unimaginable, that it has become the most famous case of UFO abduction ever reported. Welcome back. We are in our horror in media section, and we're going to be talking fire in the sky. Fire in the sky. Fire in the sky. Maddie, why don't you give us a short synopsis and a, some facts about the movie? Sounds good. So, uh, Fire in the Sky. Uh, this is about an alien abduction. November 5th, 1975. White Mountains, northeastern Arizona. Based on the true story. A group of men who were clearing bush for the government arrived back in town, claiming that their friend was abducted by aliens. Nobody believes them, and despite a lack of motive and no evidence of foul play, their friend's disappearance is treated as a murder. This film came out in 1993. It was filmed in Oregon. It is 109 minutes long, rated PG-13, directed by Robert Lieberman, written by Travis Walton, well, the book was anyway, and Tracy Torme wrote the screenplay. Notable cast here, uh, playing DB, uh, well, playing Travis Walton was DB. <laughs> playing DB. Was DB Sweeney. Uh, Robert Patrick played Mike. Craig Sheffer played Alan Dallas. Peter Berg, a young Peter Berg, played David Whitlock, and an even younger Henry Thomas played Greg Hayes. I forgot he was. I this. did too. He's so cute in it too. Um, Bradley, uh, remember Henry, you're coming on the show soon. Um, we're, we're getting you all one by one right now. Uh, <laughs> we're tracking you down. <laughs> Bradley Gregg played Bobby. Noble Willingham played Blake. Kathleen Wilhoit played Katie Rogers. James Garner plays Frank Waters. Georgia Emelin plays Dana Rogers. Um, budget for this film was about $15 million. Opening weekend in the U.S. brought in about $6.1 million. Gross U.S. total was $19 million, oh, about $20 million. Oh, wow. And I guess, well, I guess cumulative worldwide, because it, it didn't get released outside of the U.S., was was about $20 million. Wow. Um, so it didn't make too much. This I, must have been like a home video sensation then. I, I, I'm sure that it was. Because I don't, like, if you, I, I, I guarantee if you ask, like, out of 10 people, at least like seven people have either seen or seen parts of this movie. I mean, 93 was a great year for film. Yeah. A lot of stuff came out in 93. Maybe it just got swallowed up. I I, th I think it did. And also, like, I mean, we'll talk about this more. It, this is longer than I remembered. Yeah. And and it, 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 is, uh, it is a film that is, well, should we just go into it? Yeah. I mean, I think what you're alluding to, it suffers from some pacing issues. Big time. And and I think that Travis Walton's story in general does, mm -hmm. right? Like, I, am, I think, um, you know, if, if, you know, like I said, it's based on a true story. Travis Walton wrote the book. We, and we should say we, we met. We Travis met him Walton. at um, Horror Hound mm -hmm. in, in Indianapolis. And, Very nice um, guy. A, a little weird. Nice guy. But, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think that's surprising to hear. Um, I also think it's just because he's he's getting up in the age. Yeah, like, I mean, and, he was he's he's an older man. Now. And he, I think he was just a little overwhelmed by the amount of people I, that were coming I up to him. I think that the film 
it paints him as a very good guy. There, there are three acts in this film. Yeah, right. Yeah. The the first act is is what you just heard in the synopsis, right? That's the description of the first act. The friends have this thing happen. They come back. Nobody believes. They them. tell the story. Right. The second act is sort of like more of a courtroom drama. Yeah. In the end, like trying be- to prove it becomes a, a a proof of this or a proof of that. Unfortunately, the second act it just gets boring mm-hmm. after a while. Like it's, it drags on for so long. It was one of those things where I was like, this is only five days. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, and also it, it, it becomes sort of a moralistic drama too. And it becomes about, you know, sort of like regular everyday blue collar guys and whether or not you believe us. Yeah. The of power thing. of friendship. Yeah. And like, you know, I get it. Um, I just think that this film could, this film could use some edits. And then the third act is actually really exciting. The mm-hmm. third act is him on the ship. And we'll talk more about that. Cause yeah. it's ter- that's the, it's, that's what makes this a horror movie. Yeah. And it is, it is, um, it's not, you know, we, we were talking about different motives that aliens might have in, in the very beginning of the show. This is definitely aliens with, um, a very nefarious motive that they are just slapping people up from, from earth, putting them into strange pods on their ship, some of them, some of them just die flat out. Yeah, and some of them are experimented on in really harrowing ways. Right. Um, and you know, I've never read the book, and I don't know if I even want to read the book. To be completely honest with you, I think that the movie does a fine job of I'm just actually, telling. I'm the actually story. kind of more interested because in doing my research about the comparisons of the book to the movie, it seems like he had more contact with humans in his in his um experience oh that's interesting than what that, that were alive that were alive huh okay that like people talked to him and huh. stuff so i i'm kind of more interested but i, I, I think <laughs> the movies for me the movie's just the movie's just fine um i i do agree with you there's a couple sequences um especially the there's there's one at the very beginning that i want to talk about really quick yeah. and i just want to talk to you about it but first i want to say that this movie opens with a quote and I think that we'll we'll get to why I want to say this in our next segment because both movies open with a quote. Oh yeah, wait. And who's the quote from? In this is it, is it from Seneca? Yes, I thought it was from so, Seneca. Chance makes a plaything of a man's life. Interesting. That's the, that's the quote. And I'll I, have the I, I quote. wonder if that opens the book too. I'm going to guess it does. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I bet it does. So the, the movie opens with this like driving like a bat out of hell, like in a pickup a truck, truck yeah. like bashing into trees, and like, and somehow this truck makes it through the whole movie. I don't know how because it screeches into the bar like it's dying. Yeah, so, seriously. <laughs> I mean, it does show that Robert Patrick's character is kind of like a mechanic. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Sure, maybe sure. he fixes it or whatever. Yeah. But I was just like, man, how does this truck keep going? Um, but and it was really unnatural for me to see Robert Patrick without his like Terminator Two hairstyle. Yeah, I know. Like I was like, he doesn't. This, really strange. It, it, you don't. You don't want this hair. You need yeah, hair. I know. It's just. It's. It just. It. It, it feels alien. Yeah, if but, you will. But the beginning sequence is so extended because we yeah. not only get like a a shot of the for the credits. We not only just get a shot of like lights slowly coming up a hill, yeah. and we think maybe oh this is gonna be like a spaceship, but it's yeah. actually the truck like driving. Right. But then we just get like five minutes of driving. It's I'm a just lot. Like, what? We don't need this. The car, the and, first, the brakes go out. Then the tree hits it. Then it goes down the hill. Then it goes in the river. Then it explodes. You'll understand that more when you hear our... our Listen um, to the Horror Queers episode in June. Um, <clears throat> but 
then they they screech into the bar and they all just calmly walk in and i'm like this does not match what yeah. you were just doing i don't understand the motive here it, it doesn't and they, they then they then call the police and then the 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 guy comes and he is out of the jurisdiction you know he comes from the, the mm, bigger town better call the fbi on this one and it's james Garner. James Garner. And he interrogates the entire group. Who's really great. I mean, honestly, he's great in this film. Yeah, he's just kind of an asshole. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's, that, I think that that's kind of the point. I just think it's funny, and I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but at the end, when he, we kind of say goodbye to his character, he's yeah. like, I'll be back when it's not true anymore. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. But um, the characters that are in this movie are so strange. Yeah. Because they all play, like... They're like unique part. Like you think in these types of circumstances and everybody else in the town is kind of just like, do, 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 do. We live our lives in small town USA. These guys are like, I'm the religious one and I'm the bad boy yeah, and right. I'm the best friend and I'm the kid. And like, it, it's just kind of weird. I, I think that <laughs> might be a little bit of why the movie just takes so long. Yeah. Is the movie, the movie is so concerned with the, the the story itself is so concerned with painting what happened to Travis as truthful yeah. that all it tries to do is prove itself. And, and, and I think that, I think that your story diminishes in believability when you do that. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that I don't believe Travis at all. I mean, I, I think that what happened to him happened to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think what you're saying is like trying to over explain it. it, it is precisely. Like, yeah. like, I, I don't need to know the stories of each of these four men to like understand that Travis was abducted by aliens and had a very harrowing experience. Like clearly he had five actually but or five, yeah. five, five. I mean, he had, he had a very traumatic experience. Something happened to him. N none of us will ever know except for him. Right. right? And that's just the way. And, and the, and he's aliens. he's maintained his story, and sure. we learn in the closing credits that they once again took uh, polygraph tests in 1993, sure. and they were all truthful. Yeah, I mean, so. but I, I don't disbelieve it in the least, right? 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 Like not not in the least. And so, all I'm trying to say is this: uh, spend less time trying to tell me to believe you, and just tell me your story. Yeah, I agree. And then I can <clears throat> decide. And and you know that being said, I don't mean to be overly critical. Like you know, I enjoy the movie. Yeah, I like I this just, movie quite a bit. I just actually. think it's too long. That's all. <laughs> I agree. Um, I, and I think it's funny. Like James Garner, if they murdered their friend, why would they turn themselves in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they would just let him go missing. Exactly. Like right. we don't know. And also, <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> Why? Why would they concoct this story? Right, right. Uh, there was there was it's, a... it's, it's it's there are some stories that you could concoct as you know men who are laborers that work in in foresting. Right. Like, I mean, he there, accidentally there, got crushed by a tree. Yeah, <laughs> there are there are a thousand different things that, that can happen to you when you're working for the Forest Service, like because you're. I mean, with chainsaws. I, I don't know if you've, if you've like I've gone I've gone camping in like Wyoming and yeah. in Montana. Like I mean, way off the grid. Like in the middle of these places where you know the the U.S. Forest Service works, where literally anything can kill and, you. I mean, literally, a, a bear could kill you, a tree could kill you, you could fall into a river, you could fall off a cliff. Like they could have said so many things, I know. and instead they say, "Yeah, aliens abducted him." Come on. Yeah, there was that's, one, that that that's a side. Step. There was one part of this that I was hoping, and it, it has honestly been probably a decade since I saw this movie um, that. I wanted them to go more into, but they never did. They alluded to it for a second. And I was like, oh, did the they probing? go? The probing? No, no. 
you got probed. No, you? the Native American part. Oh yeah, sure. Because sure, sure. they're they're shown like when they go to look for Travis in the woods, kind of the the what do you call it, the search party? Um, and there's like of course like the shot of the wise old Indian, the Micmac Indians. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and then they talk about it briefly about how there's like Indian um, stories about how on this land children have been taken. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, that's kind of an interesting angle. I hope they sure. go more into that. And then they just abandon it altogether. They don't do anything else with it. I wonder why that even got brought into the film, to be honest. It's 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 such an ancillary storyline. I mean, maybe there's deleted scenes that we, we haven't maybe. seen. Yeah. Um, but something like, I think that is, um, that, that's, what's the word I'm But wouldn't it be for? interesting if there was a story, because we already alienate um, Native Americans. Sure, we put them right. on their own reservations. They have kind of their own way of life, their own way of yeah. doing things. What if there was an alien story about aliens going after Native Americans because like, Who's going to believe them? I think it's a great idea. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I think it's a fantastic idea. I think it'd be kind of an interesting angle to take. Sure. And kind of the Native Americans having to rise well, up. And... I mean, and also, I, I really don't mean to politicize this. I truly don't, um, although I usually do for everything, right? Um, but I mean, think about alien abduction stories. Everyone that gets abducted is white. Yeah. <laughs> like, when is the last person of color you heard of getting abducted right. or Native American or indigenous person? Like. Everyone that gets abducted is white. <laughs> True. So I don't know what aliens are trying to say by doing this. I don't know who they are. Well, and and we'll find out in our next movie. But they also tend to uh, target people that have mortgage problems. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, which happens in this one too. I know. Right? So I mean, I I think that um, I, I you know, especially after meeting Travis um, at at Horror Hound, I I think it's a story that that is worthy of of listening to for sure. Um, I, I guess I was wrong. I, I guess reading the book is kind of compelling. Now it might be a book that I can even skip forward in to be completely yeah, honest. With yeah, yeah. But I, I just I think that the third act is really harrowing because you know what what happens to him while he's on the 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 spacecraft Ugh. is is really intense. The you worst know? weighted blanket ever. Yeah. I mean, he he wakes up in this strange gel. Um, he's in this very strange carapace pod that has like a organic covering over that he has to break out of mm -hmm. when he breaks out of there the gravity and the space is very strange uh it doesn't seem to make any sense yeah when he finds but, uh and that but then again that's another part of this movie that just goes on a little too long yeah i would agree like him you. trying to figure out the gravity like i'm like well, i don't care about this I, I, <laughs> I think that it might not have seemed so long if we hadn't already been through action sure, yeah. you know what i mean it's, i will say though the first time you see that alien Without the helmet on, I oh it's scary. I I, I was like alien. <laughs> I mean, like I mean the the aliens. What's what's cool about these aliens is that they they're um, practical. First of all, yeah, they're totally practical, and they look like um, they look like little old men. They look like little old men, and they like they if, look to upset. me they, they they look like. If Pinocchio got old yeah, and lost sure. his nose, shriveled and weird, <laughs> yeah. But they they look upset. Yeah, like, they don't look like th these are not altruistic aliens who are like here to impart some kind of wisdom to you or like mind meld. They just want to throw you on a table and do and, some experiments. And, you know, like, we don't know what these experiments are. We have no idea. But you know, it's harrowing stuff. The, uh, a needle gets put into his eye. The, he gets that, covered. That part on this watch was a little weird to me because. And correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm going off of Final Destination 5, yeah. so this is whatever, but when you get that little thing that keeps your eyes open, yeah. isn't it connected to your eyelid? Yes, I was wondering the same thing. So it's it was connected not to this. his like eye, like, what do you call that? Yeah, crevice? It has to be on the lid. So that 
didn't make sense. I don't know. But <laughs> it's regardless. Still, it's still terrifying. I, and absolutely terrifying. There's a shot of the needle kind of like coming at the camera yeah. that is just, I don't want that. I don't I mean, want we you. just we just, I, I guess, I, you know, one thing about it too is, you know, I do wonder how close it is to what actually, you know, he described as right. happening to him. Because sometimes when you see this stuff too, it's kind of like, what's the point of your experiment? <laughs> I took like, it. We, we don't know, but I'm like, uh, okay. I took it as they were taking like samples, yeah, like sure. taking samples of your skin, taking samples of your like eye juice, taking samples. Yeah, makes sense. But I, I guess I'm no too, aliens. So. No, no, right, right, right. I guess, I guess, too, like one one sort of conundrum about the film is so I, I guess well, what we don't know is have they dropped off other humans after having them before too? Right. One. Yeah, we don't ever see like how 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 he is either a escapes or b is returned. Yeah, but then like we do see other dead bodies right in the ship. We also see other ephemera from other humans. We see pairs of glasses. We see shoes. We see jackets. We see books and papers and. Just like a bunch of stuff from, yeah. from humans, it's like uh, it's like sort of scattered around the ship. So, like, I guess if these are like aliens that are just dedicated to studying humans and they're just sort of collecting a bunch of stuff, okay. But like, why Travis? Why Travis? Why does he get released? Yeah, I don't know. Do the others not get released? Like, I, those are questions that are never answered. I will say that when they do eventually find him. That scene right there is really well done. It's terrifying because the the screams that he lets out are like, it's it's ugh. it's really well acted. Yeah, it really is. I think the whole movie is pretty well acted. Yeah, I mean these are these are not you know run of the mill actors. These are all you know these, these are good good folks here. The only parts that annoy me is that everyone screams at everyone at all times. And it just gets a little long, especially the scene where the, I forget what the acronym is, but the alien experts kind of yeah, come uh, out. Afar. Yeah, Afar. God. Afar, yeah. How can right. I forget that? Yeah, exactly. Um, they come to like, right after he, and first of all, James, why are you calling them before the police? <laughs> You're knows? under investigation for murder. Who knows? Um, but they come in and every he calls them. He calls them to come in. And they're just trying to get like a little sound bite. Like, what did you see? Like, and everyone's screaming at them. <laughs> Nobody can shut the fuck up. And I'm for like, like just, five seconds. Could, why'd you call them then? I know exactly. Like, come on. And then the only part, other part that I thought was funny is that the whole town is up in arms that they have tourism all of a sudden. <laughs> like this town. Y'all should be happy about I it. I know. That's what I was thinking. I was like. The the restaurant in town is as busy as it's ever been. Yeah, you should one hundred percent be happy. The about motel this is sold out. Like, yeah. why are you not happy about the this? The inn is sold out. But um, and I did like that. Um, I don't know. I just there's parts of this movie I really like. Like, I love all the alien stuff, and I actually really like his abduction scene. Yeah. Even though I think he's a complete idiot, and I'm glad he finally admits it in the end that he shouldn't have got out of the car and maybe just should have not stood directly under the spacecraft i think <laughs> that this film needs a remix yeah i would i we haven't gotten a ton of alien movies I, as of late. I, I don't even know if it needs a reboot i just want somebody to literally take the film and just cut it up oh like a like recut. literally just just recut the like film. a director's cut yeah but don't add to it <laughs> like we don't need a longer one we need a shorter one so like shorten it you know, just too many notes I that just, kind of thing I, I think what i think you're alluding to is the second act is just a little too extended it's 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 like i said i just don't need you to tell me so much to believe you and i wonder how much involvement travis walton had in this the making of this movie because it paints him to be a patron saint 
Like he, I mean, of course it does. It's and it, right, rightly so because you know what? It's his story. Yeah, I, I. It's just funny. Like in the very beginning, everyone is in love. Like the little girl at the bakery is in love with Travis. Of course. He can ride his motorcycle all around town and like cut everybody off and be all. Yeah, and I'm sure that there's more to the story of who Travis Walton actually right, is. Right, exactly. And, and also, I'm sure that there's more to the story of who a bunch of white dudes in you know Arizona are. Um, just, I'm just saying. Like, yeah. I don't think anyone's a saint, right? So I don't know. Overall, though, what do you give Fire in the Sky out of seven stripes? Because we rate um, our movies on a seven stripe scale for the seven colors of the rainbow. I'll give it. I'll give Fire in the Sky four. I'm going to go a little bit higher and say 4.5. I think it's totally fine. Yeah. I, I still, this is one of those movies that's like, it's kind of like a sleepy afternoon movie. Yeah. Until the aliens happen. I think it's like a B, B plus for me. <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. But the, the I will say that this, let me think. I'm just trying to make sure I'm going to count my chickens here. I don't think, I think this is the, the, the most terrifying on spaceship scene that I can remember. In a movie. I would... <sighs> I mean, of like an abduction. I'm not talking about like aliens. Yeah, not... Like, well, aliens is also... You know, I've, I don't... I'm not sure I, I classify aliens as aliens. You mean the, the second one? I, I think... No, I think I classify the aliens series of space, quite frankly. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're probably right. I, I, I'd have to dig in further to my memory, which is not great, right? Now. <laughs> I know um, we all have quarantine brains, but like, so. yeah, I, I think, I think it's correct that this is this. It's, it's scary, and it's supposed to be scary, and it's like realistic too. Agreed. So, um, okay, I think that will that puts out that fire, <laughs> and we'll move on to our second movie, Dark Skies. And it's just getting darker. coming from three different directions flew into your house. It's as if something was drawing them to your home. Something's going on. What are we talking about? I don't know. I can't explain it. Sammy, come here. Let me take a look at you. The marks on your son's body appear to have been applied with a brand. There are people who have reported experiencing the same things that we have been experiencing. I found a guy who claims to be an expert on this stuff. Have you experienced any unexplained illnesses or blackouts? Daniel, why aren't you answering me? Daniel! Feeling that you might not be in control of your own body? There's something wrong with you people! You cannot escape them. With our final film of the show, and we're talking about dark skies. And Andrew, tell us about these dark skies. Once you have been chosen, you belong to them. Dark Skies is a supernatural thriller that follows a young family living in the suburbs. As husband and wife Daniel and Lacey Barrett witness an escalating series of disturbing events involving their family, they, their safe and peaceful home quickly unravels. 
when it becomes clear that the Barrett family is targeted by the by an unimaginable, I always get these words, unimaginably <laughs> terrifying and deadly force, Daniel and Lacey take matters into their own hands to solve the mystery of what is after their family. This is rated PG-13. It comes in at a hot 97 minutes. It was released on February 22nd in 2013. Filmed in Santa Clarita, California. Budget of $3.5 million. Um, opening weekend, $8.1 million. A gross USA, $17 million. Gross wide, $27 million. It stars Carrie Russell as Lacey Barrett, Josh Hamilton as Daniel Barrett, Dakota Goyo as Jesse Barrett, Caden Rocket. These are so millennial names. I know. <laughs> uh, Sam Barrett, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. As Edwin Pollard. And then the list goes on. Um, this movie was written and directed by Scott Stewart. Maddie, tell me, what are your initial thoughts on Dark Skies? Uh, Dark Skies is great. Um, first of all, I love me some Carrie Russell and pretty much anything that she does. I can't think of anything that I don't like her I, in. I would say my, my favorite Carrie Russell endeavor is The Americans. I'm a huge fan of that show. And I told you, we, we're in like season four. Oh, you, and, and just, just, I mean, I, I hope that you like it and, if, and finish it because it, it really does end quite well. I do like it a lot. <clears throat> Not to fear, d- divert too more far from the movie, yeah. but... Um, it's one of those shows that's really hard to binge because it's so serious. Oh, it's very that serious. That it's like, yeah. it's hard to like deal with it. It's very, it's so. it's very serious. Um, and, you know, as a socialist too, I kind of like it when somebody's battling America. <laughs> um, but beyond that, um, yeah, I think the, sh- the, the movie's great. I think that... Um, I think it's a, a movie where the kids are actually good actors too, which is yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, Josh Hamilton is is really good in this in this mm-hmm. film. J.K. Simmons, I love him in everything he does. Um, <laughs> he, it's just so funny that like his role in this is he's just so be, good. He's just like, please come in here and explain everything that's happening. Yeah, <laughs> Gra- graduate of the University of Montana. Uh, theater department, um, and and it's it's a scary movie too. Um, I'm, I'm actually surprised on how scary this movie is. To be it, honest, I, I I am too because um, you know you don't know what's going on, and so it could be ghosts, it could be this, it could be that. Yeah, there's some very poltergeisty. Type yeah, activities. sure, and no one knows what's going on, and um, the way that things come to be is a really harrowing. It's it's it. This is this is a a, a scary movie. That is, in the end, a family drama, yeah. right? So it's in the same vein as Hereditary, and I think you know whoever the the writers were, I forget. Oh, oh, Scott Stewart wrote and directed it. Um, and I don't know much about Scott Stewart to be honest with you, but I read one interview with him, yeah. and it's mostly I read it because there was some speculation about potentially a sequel. Mm. Um, and that's right, I forgot about that. All he said was maybe yeah sure so um i kind of hope not leave it leave it where it is it's just such an interesting ending we'll get to it yeah sure 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 but i mean i think that um you can almost tell from the outset that this was written as a family drama first and foremost and so you have uh, you know a couple of parents who are concerned about money once again and You've dad's got, got dad, no job. Dad, dad's out of work. Ninety you know. days late on your mortgage. Right, sure, and and they're very late on the mortgage. They're like nine thousand bucks behind. And you know, the mom is a real estate agent who has not been making it work lately. And you know, the kids have their own problems right now. And you, you've got a teenager and a young boy who are trying to figure that stuff out. So it's it's a family in the midst of not crisis, but chaos yeah really and it's set in a, such a way that you, you you can't really tell like where this is placed it's kind of like anywhere usa suburb sure. upper middle class right exactly type of thing. P- people trying to fit into that upper level yeah right? but there's still like a community pool like yeah, exactly. still, like it's not 
it's like people coming over for barbecues yeah, right. and like I don't know. It's, it's these are these are white people who like to hang out. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Um, and uh, I and I think that's really compelling when you have a film that that at its core is really about that stuff, right? And so such um, simple, like simple. Yeah, thing. sure. And then and then you watch as you know more drama comes in to uh, encase their lives in more chaos, and here it is, and here we are. And then you watch it unravel further, and you watch real humans deal and struggle through that Mm -hmm. and come out the other side and what i will say about this movie is it gets it gets right to the point it does absolutely it's like night one something happens and and the stuff that happens is pretty harrowing like you know when they wake up and all the pictures are out of the frames that's that's pretty scary and i just want to read you the quote that opens this movie yeah yeah, well well, because i cannot remember that at all two possibilities exist either we are alone in this universe or we are not both are equally terrifying and who said that arthur clark oh arthur c clark yes sure 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 uh i mean you know one of the one of the fathers pull that out of my brain good for you i mean you know one of the fathers of you know kind of like space futurism right Mm -hmm. um yeah what did you think Dark Skies is one of these movies that I just, I think it got lost. I think it got lost in the um, the Bloomhouse universe because it is a Bloomhouse movie yeah, sure. produced by Bloomhouse. And also, I'm just going to say that it's one of the better Bloomhouse movies. I just think that this movie is severely underseen. Because when, when was Unfriended made? Ooh, we just talked about this 20, I think maybe the same year. I mean, like, look, let's face the facts here. Unfriended, fine. Blah, 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 blah. This is many times better than Unfriended. Yeah. Well, like, it's a completely it, different movie. In, well, of, of course. But I mean, in production value, in writing, in story, like this is a film that is pretty damn good. The dialogue is not bad. Yeah. Um, the actors are, fa- I mean, J.K. Simmons and Carrie Russell alone, like this is some good shit. You know what I mean? And I will say uh, some of the things that come up in this movie pertaining to kind of like our real life stuff is yeah. like there's a lot of gaslighting in this movie. Oh, uh, big time. Up until a certain point where you're basically telling your wife that she's crazy. Um, but I love, love, love that sequence where she kind of tells him, hey, look, this is the drawing that this kid that disappeared somewhat years ago yeah. drew. This is what our kid drew. Yeah. And he's still kind of denying it, even though... All this shit is happening. All this shit has happened. You have literally lost hours of your life. You've walked out into the yard and nosebleeded all over yeah. the place. Like so many things have happened. Your wife just said she lost six hours of her day. Right. Got basically fired from work. For you see it. the bruise like, on her head. Your kid has bruises all over his body that yeah. you can't explain. There's literally a brand on your child and you're still like, I don't know. I think they might be doing this to themselves. Well, I mean, like, it's, it, there, there's definitely like, like sort of like a foil aspect to it. Like, you know, you, you have you have to have sort of the you have to have the straight man and the fall man. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, but, I, I get that stuff. But I love that this movie only does that for about half the movie. Yeah, sure. And then finally he lays down in bed with her and he has that speech about, you know, you remember when our kid was sick when he was very like very young. And the only thing that got me through was knowing that you were there and that's kind of like where he's like, I'm and, ready. I'm ready to believe. And boy, does that speech come back to us at the end of the film? That's my one complaint. We'll come back to it. Oh, do you think that that? Do you think that that was too cheap? Do you just want to talk about it right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say yeah because because we're on it right yeah. now. We might as well. I just think this is one of those movies that doesn't need to overexplain its ending, and it does. So mm, I see that. I guess at the end of the movie, you know. Um, 
the whole movie is leading up to you thinking that the aliens are coming for the younger child yeah. because that's who they thought that that had first contact with. Well, it turns out the aliens had visited the older child when he was a baby. You said it and forget it. <laughs> Ron Popeil. You just let this one set for about 15 years and then come back and pick it up. And they came for him, actually. No, hey, that was kind of funny, actually. <laughs> sure. For me, anyway. Go ahead. Keep going. And, and they abduct the older child and he's gone. And that's kind of how the movie ends. I, I almost wish they would have just had kind of the... The scene where she's going through the pictures makes a lot of sense, yeah. but I don't need the flashbacks. I don't need you to flashback me to when you're talking about your sick child and talking about your sick child and talking about your sick child. I mean, in in general, I think that flashbacks are not warranted. I just think that they, they don't think that their audience is smart enough to I put mean, it together. Can you can you think of a flashback in a film that you think that you think works really, really well? Because I honestly right now I'm not sure that I can. Like I'll probably be roasted for this on Twitter, I'm sure. And then also in about two hours, I'll go, oh, wait a minute. That's one. But right now, I can't really think of one. And you're specifically talking about a flashback of a scene from the movie that you're already in. Yeah, right. Like, not like a flashback of like, oh, like in Gerald's game, she has flashbacks to childhood. Yeah. You're talking about flashbacks to the movie. Yeah, right. So I I think that's important to clarify. Yeah, sure. No, yeah. Gosh, can I think of... No, <laughs> I, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say by that is like, I, I, I what I'm saying is that I, I agree with you. Yeah, right? is that your the story should be so strong, the groundwork should be laid such that I don't need you to take me back because as soon as I saw the picture, I was like, I he, get it when he was sick. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like this movie would be so much stronger if it just trusted its audience. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's well, I, like, and also like also trust yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like trust yourself as an artist. That what you have done is good enough. I agree. That's what I would say. And I, I don't know. You know, maybe it wasn't Scott Stewart's choice. It might have been. It might have been a producer's choice. Yeah. It might have been a, a, a studio choice. They might have said, "Look, nah, it's not testing well. You got to take a take it back." Um, I also want to talk about some of the themes in this movie. There's a theme about. Um, teenage boys learning their sexual yeah. pleasures from watching porn which i think is a re- kind of like i think it was actually really good and it's actually really not talked about a lot yeah like, sure i think for a lot of like young men I, and I, I maybe i'm overreaching but for a lot of young gay men for, without a doubt we don't know what sex looks like until we see porn yeah but porn is an over exaggerated version of sex yeah i I think that it goes right back to what we're talking about in our last episode on social media which is that no one talks to kids about sex yeah and so you know you we perhaps we shouldn't be surprised when predators come to get children on social media because guess what human beings are sexual beings for their entire lives yeah and I'm not saying that, you know, kids are attracted or this. That's not what I'm trying to say. So don't don't spin my words. What I am saying is that what, what we all know is that teenagers start to have sexual desires. That yeah. is part of it. Yeah. And so if you do not talk to your kids about what sex is and what it ought to be, you know, perhaps in, in a respectful way, that kind of stuff. Where do you think you're going to learn it from? Yeah. You know, you're going to learn it from porn. And maybe that's that maybe maybe that's a rite of passage. I don't know. I think it is. But um it just I won't belabor the point. I'm just trying to say No, I get it. It shouldn't it shouldn't surprise us when our kids watch porn and then think that oh yeah, a gangbang is what it's going to be. Right. <laughs> I want my gangbang. I've seen, seen that video on Twitter yet. No. Oh my god, it's this guy in quarantine who's crying because he couldn't have his gangbang. Oh my god. <laughs> so he just says, "I want my gangbang." <laughs> 
It's it's really really funny. Right. Anyways, go ahead. And if people are haven't watched this movie or have not um, seen it in a while, there's a part in this movie at the very beginning where two teenage boys are very. I don't want to say innocently, but like they're they're watching the beginning of a porn. They're watching porn, and in the porn, it's kind of like one of those "you bet a bad girl," yeah. Like, sure. and he like feels her boob, yeah. and so like when he is in a sexual encounter with a neighbor girl, that's what he does to her, and it and rightfully so. And this is so well done in this movie. She's like, "Excuse me, what the fuck? Get the like, fuck off of me!" Yeah, exactly. Uh, and she, it's actually it's really well done, and and she teaches him how to properly like. Yeah, well, because after she says she she oh, she. she the girl is smarter go figure and and i mean that in a good way and she um she says have you ever even kissed a girl before right and then she's like okay like she knows he doesn't even know what the fuck he's doing right. he's, he's not a bad dude he's just clearly he's an idiot he's a misinformed yeah so then he she teaches him how yeah and i will say the bike ride that he has home after that is really cute I he's know. like smiling and on his bike and probably has a boner like that kind of thing it's 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 very it, it is honestly sweet it it's was sweet. funny though i was like if they really want to take this kid he's alone a lot yeah <laughs> like what i mean i guess like that i guess that is one thing about it right what are you waiting for yeah. like he might as well go in the yard and just say that like it's almost what like, are you waiting for it's almost like the aliens have like a ritual to this i mean i guess like, but and you know, and I'm not downing that part of the story because you know we have to have extraordinary bits to make the story the story. So you know, it is what it is. But it's one of those questions you ask yourself that you just asked. Well, he's by himself all the time. What what are you waiting for? Yeah. Like, are you literally is part of this just terrorizing the family? Um, but but then if it is, why? Well, I think J.K. Simmons kind of gives like the illusion of that as to where they they like ha- kind of have to like mess with the family. Before they take somebody, and what did he say? I, I don't remember I exactly, but um, and I do remember him saying, I, d- "I just stopped fighting them." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, for our listeners, this movie is free on Tubi. You can watch this on Tubi. Is I think it free? It, it has. I think it has three commercial breaks. Did you pay for it? I think it was already on Hulu or something. Oh, okay. I I watched it. I rented Fire in the Sky. I was annoyed by that. <laughs> I, yo, trust me, I was too. Um, but like this movie but is like thirty years old. Dark Skies, like, yeah. I definitely watched on something. That I just can't remember. It wasn't. I mean, I have Tubi on my Apple TV, but I didn't watch it on that. I watched it on, I think, Hulu or on um, uh, Amazon. Yeah, so you can you can easily watch this movie, and I encourage you to because it's actually really good. Yeah, you can watch um, it on Pornhub. It's streaming right now. <laughs> um, a, a couple of the sequences that I thought worked really well in this movie, um, the camera trick I think works really well in this movie. So there's a part in the movie where the dad sets up. Um, oh, uh, the, the the home camera yeah, thing, like yeah, a series yeah. of home cameras, aka yeah. a la um, Paranormal Activity type of thing, and how the aliens kind of circumvent this is that it kind of goes static, but it's interesting because in this movie, it's not like all of them go static. It's like room to room, room to room. They go static, which I think is really interesting. And when he pauses on that, it's pretty eerie. It's, it's really, really cool. And the, and I will say the first instance where we see, and I will say the aliens in this, not the greatest just because they're CGI, but I think I'll give the I'll give the movie a pass yeah, sure. of the time frame that it was right. made in, but um the first time that Carrie Russell's kind of we've seen Carrie Russell now I don't know three or three or four times kind of get up in the middle of the night and something weird happens yeah. so we're kind of expecting it but we're kind of expecting it down in the kitchen because yeah. that's like where everything has happened right where she finally first encounters the alien in the child's bedroom it's terrifying that scared that like legit made me jump it is it is it is it is scary and the other part that really like 
caught me off guard was where the husband is out in the yard and she's kind of found him just standing Which, uh, in the his yard. face his face and then Ugh. and then how, i don't know how they did this blood effect because it's 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 practical out of out of his damn nose but like it, it i don't know how they got it to gush so much yeah it like, was it's, it's just a lot. like so much blood it's a lot um, but that was, I thought that that those were like standout scenes for me. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's, um, dark skies is, uh, unsung. I think that it is a really great alien film. Um, I think the acting is really, really good. And, um, yeah, I, I, it's one that I actually just might buy. Cause I, I think I, I know. I'd like to watch it again. And I know again. I, I might get the Blu-ray for this one. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, there there was one thing that did trigger me in this movie. Which? Um, that when all the birds hit the house. Oh God! Oh, when that when the one hits, it's it's scary. But they're having the two the two boys the the older boy and the kind of like um bully slash friend yeah, sure. kid who the dad kindly refers to as rat face yeah um, which i thought that was pretty funny <laughs> that he would just straight up just like hit and they it. call him rats for yeah. short um where he says like oh if these are if these are diseased you're gonna have to go into quarantine and i was like oh, jesus <laughs> and then later on when they like board up all their windows and getting ready for kind the, of like us now. i know i was like and he was like well we can watch fireworks on tv and i was like yep that's probably gonna be us this year. Oh sure, I mean, like, I, I saw actually in my hometown, which I t- was talking about earlier. They're not having a Fourth of July celebration until uh, my birthday weekend in August. Oh wow, yeah, so late August, right? And I think we're probably gonna see that pretty much across the country. Yeah, which I and good on them for doing it. Yeah, um, but you know, it's it's funny that we you know that gets talked about because I remember when when our quarantine first started. Um, and I've been going on walks every day and, you know, whatever, um, safely, I might add. And uh, when I was on one of my walks really early on in this, so back in March, I remember feeling like there was this unseen force all around us, like waiting to, like, invade, waiting yeah. to attack, you know. And, I, you know, it, it's become so, so normalized now that I don't really, you know, think about that anymore. But it was on my mind. Yeah. It was really interesting to... Um, to, to feel that way about this thing. Oh, one one other part I did want to talk about that I thought was done really well in this movie that I kind of forgot about. Um, during the alien attack, we kind of finally figure out that it's the older boy that they're kind of after. And there's this sequence where the camera kind of spins around him yeah and it fades into the the house that carrie russell's trying to right right that whole sequence was really well done i think it's really well done it was really imaginative um and that that's what's funny is like it 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 um unlike the flashbacks it um it trusts its audience to figure it out yeah and then that leads to his abduction yeah right exactly which the end is like holy shit this isn't a good ending this isn't a happy ending and good yeah, I mean, it, it's, good. it's it's a brave stance to take because I I I really don't like when happy endings like this like 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 when that, they're not like deserved. that could happen. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that a happy ending is really ever deserved. Yeah, you know, like I, I, the, I disagree, but well, I, well, what I mean to say is that the story is the story. Yeah, you know, it it, it either ends in a way that I find happy or or that I don't. But I don't think I need one necessarily ever. I just I, think I just think spin the story to me. And let the chips fall where they may. I would. I think the only thing that I was hoping for is that we would get a somewhat happy ending because 
I'm fine with the kid like being abducted. Like yeah. that's that's not the part. It's the thing that they are still in court yeah, for, like sure. the disappearance and the abuse of their children. Yeah, like right, that's right, the part right. where I'm like, oh god! And now you have to go through this too. The never-ending like, terror. I know. Yeah. But so, aliens are mean. <laughs> so what do you rate this film? Um, I'm going to give Dark Skies a 5.5. I'm the same way. Five and a half for this one. Yeah. I, I think this is an unsung gem that people should seek out. Because I completely agree I, with I think you. it's a really... It's, it's, I don't want to say fun. That's not the right word. Um, it's just a good watch. It, it, it's a good ride. Yeah. It's yeah. a good ride. I agree. Well, fun. Yeah. All right. So listen, kids. We're going to move on. Take a, take a little, little tiny break right now. Yeah. And we're going to come back with hottie of the episode. Shantae, you stay. 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 Welcome back, everybody. It's time to close out episode 33. 33. Trace, trace. Yeah. And, I, you know, Maddie, I, I just want to, like, say, like, when we say 33... That sounds like like not a lot to me. And then I think about all the other shit we've done. It's a lot. There's a lot that in like we've done a lot. We've I, I don't even know many horror hookups. And back when we used to do Friday's, Friday's favorite movies, yeah. like we've had a lot of content out there. Yeah, just saying. So, um, we are here to bring you hottie of the episode, and this is literally where we just are very. We just tell you who we think is hot. Yeah, it's it's kind of like dumb, we each we each choose but... one person, and that that like literally this is the game. Do you understand how creative we are? Do you get it? Do you see? Do you see? <laughs> Do What's you that see? from? I forget, but I know it's from Event something. Horizon. Yeah. Do you see? Oh, how okay. I forget. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to say mine first. Can I? Yeah, I already know uh, who it is. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, my hot of the episode is none other than Henry Thomas himself in Fire in the Sky. Henry Thomas is so cute in so many ways. Um, he sort of reminds me of What's-His-Face from Gremlins. What's his goddamn name? Yeah, I'm not going to remember Zach, right now. Zach Galligan. Zach Galligan. Um, they could be brothers, I think. Um, but I think Henry Thomas, is he's he's really cute in Fire in the Sky. <laughs> when he's wearing that Fleetwood Mac shirt in the, in the diner that oh. one. Day. I forgot to tell you that that was a goof. With the Fleetwood Mac shirt? Yeah. Why? Because rumors didn't come out until I think 1977. <gasps> oh, and this was idiots. in 1975. Oh, those idiots. God. But it, I mean, it's cute. I'm not, it's I'm, totally not Tom, cute. I'm not Tom playing your, your cute. Anyways, but... anyways, that's my hot of the episode. Go ahead. Um, so there are a lot of choices in this episode because pretty much Fire in the Sky is like six people, six guys. But I'm going to choose Josh Hamilton, who plays Daniel Barrett in Dark Skies. I think that okay. this is like, this is like prime him. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? Sure. Like, because him when he was a little younger, I didn't really like find that attractive. Yeah. But like when he, he's like this age, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you Absolutely. can get it. And once he kind of like buys into Carrie Russell and like is her partner again, he gets even more attractive yeah, because like yeah. at first I'm like, dude, you're such a dick. But yeah. I just love that. <laughs> and he's always been a cute guy. I just love that in the movie, he just like calls like kid, a kid rat face. Yeah. And, like, I don't a know. rat face. Yeah. But just like such like suburban dad, which, you know, I'm into. So. <laughs> I'm into it. So kids, that closes out episode 33. And um, first of all, we just want to say that we hope all of you are feeling okay no one is feeling good right now, and we know that. But we hope that you're feeling okay, at least, and that you are staying safe in uh, in quarantine and in lockdown, however it's going for you. If you go outside, please be safe. Please don't be a dick to other people. Wear a fucking mask. 
don't be a dummy. Um, and beyond that, we have some things that we want to talk about with you, too. So, first of all, we have a new Patreon patron. His yeah. Name is Gabriel. Gabriel is amazing. Um, we had a good tete-a-tete uh, when all the... Joe Bob Briggs stuff was going on on Twitter. Um, we'll just skip right past that. Talk about that later. Anyways, um, Gabriel's fantastic. Just just became a patron. So Gabriel, thank you so much. Also, we have the hotline. Call us. Leave us a message. We want to hear from you. We almost have enough to fill an entire um, segment, and that's what we're going to do with them. So we'll do that probably in the next couple. <laughs> Listen, we've gotten some 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 great, great ones. And we've also gotten a couple of weird ones. And you know what? Even the weird ones are fucking great. So, so you can call us at 872-208-3119. That's 872-208-3119. Standard rates do apply. Now, we said it before earlier, but please do get ready to check out the next episode of Horror Queers. Well, in not pri- next episode. Well, but... whatever the episode is. <laughs> um, it'll be probably in the third week of, uh, of June. You- you'll see it in the the copy for them um and also please subscribe to the horror queers they're great guys they are little horror experts um one of them one of them is in canada one of them is in texas those are two places that are very far away from each other <laughs> and listen they make their podcast work and that that's a really cool thing so it's it's also a podcast from bloody disgusting yeah and so we also like to thank legion podcast oh we love you Bo has been a big help to us along our journey, so we really want to call him out. And also, please share, rate, and review the show. I'm telling you, we need your reviews. Yeah. I'm just going to be totally frank about this. We need them. If 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 you want to be a Patreon patron, that like listen, that's cool too. I, we're almost less concerned about that than we yeah. are with your reviews. Like, can you just if you have not reviewed us yet? Go especially onto Apple Podcasts, please, and leave a review there. Hopefully it's a five-star, but if it's not, I don't really care. Leave a review. Please leave something honest about what you think about the show and why you continue to listen. Nothing else brings more listeners to this show than your reviews. Yeah. Trust us on that. And we appreciate the 244, or no, actually it's 260 when you count our international Ooh, girl, yes. listeners. Yes. But we're really trying to get to that 300. I think that threshold will really yeah. help us. So and let's make that really happen. That. Yeah. So um, Also, you can find us on Instagram and on Twitter with the same username. It's at Fragay13. Search for us on Facebook. You'll find us there. Our website is www.fragay13.com. And if you're not um, the kind of person that wants to call in, but you want to send us a message, you can email us at fragay13 at gmail.com. And you know what's fun is that what we're about to do right now is something we haven't been able to do um, in sync because we've been <laughs> uh, we've been in separate locations. But what I really want to tell you is what we want you to do, and that's come with us and get, get slayed. slayed. Yes, that was a great episode. (laughs) That's so good.